Bibles, take it to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 12, Hebrews chapter 12. We have been going through the book or started going through the book of John, but for the last couple of weeks we've kind of detoured from that and, and uh, this morning we're going we're gonna to take one more detour and next week we'll get back on track going through the book of John, but just want to share a couple thoughts with you uh, regarding this new year, Vision 2020, as you look. Uh, you, so many people in our crowd today, you have corrective lenses uh, because you need help with your eyesight and uh, <clears throat> to get you to the right vision. Some people don't have corrective lenses. Uh, some people have good eyesight. And as I look across the room, there's so many people that have corrective lenses. But that corrective lenses is to increase or, or to do better your eyesight. And uh, this morning, as a Christian, we need... We need corrected vision as a Christian. And uh, what, what corrected vision do I need? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share a couple thoughts with you this morning about uh, vision 2020. We all need it. And uh, we need to pray that God will give us 2020 vision as a Christian. But before I get started, <coughs> last Sunday I handed out a paper to everyone that was here Sunday morning. It's called Vision 2020. We preached from Ezekiel 20, verse number 20. Uh, the Bible says that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. And uh, just speaking of 20, 2020 is this year. And uh, I asked, uh, there were some areas that you asked God, uh, what can I commit to the Lord this year? And uh, with it being 2020, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 20 tracks, 20 services, and the things that go on. But anyways, you will find that list on that back table. This is a private matter. You don't turn it back into me. This is something that you commit to the Lord to do this year. And uh, just pray about it, look at it, grab it. It's on the back table on your way out. And uh, really earnestly pray what God would have you do for the year 2020 uh, to, to help you grow and be a better Christian. Every one of us in this room, uh, we need to be a better Christian. Even myself, you say you're the preacher uh, but I, it doesn't matter, I still need to be a better Christian, and I can do more, and I can do more for the Lord. You've got your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter number 12. We're just going to read a couple verses here, and uh, let's all stand if you can, just out of respect to reading God's Word. Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1, and let's begin reading in verse number 1. Just a couple verses to read this morning. Wherefore, seeing we are also... Uh, come past about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking, <coughs> looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was before that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the of the throne of God. Now, if you will look back up here at me, turn, turn your, you may not have to turn in your Bible, but I'm going to turn one page back to chapter number 11. Chapter number 11, I want to share one more verse with you as we're standing and reading. Verse number 1, Bible says, now faith, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So as we look at this sermon today, I'm going to give you just a couple, just two simple thoughts from the sermon. 
about our vision, our vision for 2020, how that we can adapt. We need to put on corrective lenses to help our vision as a Christian to be better. So let's, let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you'll use me in spite of me, give me the words to say, the ability to say it. Lord, I pray that you'd give listening ear as well. I pray each and every one of us, including myself, as we approach this new year, that we would do it for you, that we'd live for you. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Now, as we looked at this, we've read two different passages of Scripture, verse number one and verse number two. He said, looking unto Jesus, we're, we're running a race. Uh, let us lay aside every weight um, and sin. So we'll get to that in just a minute, but I just want to share some thoughts with you about Hebrews 11, verse number one. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. <laughs> as we live our life for the Lord, as we go forward and, 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 and ask God for a perfect vision or vision 2020, the only way that we can approach this, the only way that we can go forward is to have faith in Christ. We're not going to, our, 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 our faith is not going to increase, our, our, our being a Christian is not going to increase unless we change our faith and put our faith in somebody. And uh, it, look, and, and putting your faith in a man is not where your faith needs to rely on. Putting your faith in an individual doesn't need to be where your faith is. You need to take your faith and put it in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We may not be able to see everything. We not, may not be able to understand everything and, and, and grab a hold of everything, but that substance or that faith, that faith, believing in something that we cannot see, trusting in something that we cannot understand, that is the faith. But we, I, can't, I can't explain to you, someone who doesn't believe in the Lord, but I'll, I can try to explain to you why I believe in the Bible. Why can't I, why? Why do you believe in the Bible, preacher? Because I believe that it's true. But you say, why do you believe that God created the earth in six days just like he said he did in the Bible? Because the Bible says it. I can't help you. Look, that's my faith in a book. That's my faith in the Bible. That's my faith in a God. That's my faith. But believing in something I've never seen, that's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But as you look at this, faith helps us to live. Helps us to live for the Lord. Helps us to serve the Lord or how to serve the Lord and how to have faith and how to live and how to go and where to go and what I should do, putting my faith in the Lord. That's how I grow. Your faith grows as you experience, if you experience something and you believe and you trust in Christ and he's got you through it, guess what happens to your faith? It grows a little bit more. And so the next time you experience something a little tougher, guess what? Your faith can increase if you trust the Lord. And this is brand new for each and every one of us. This is a brand new decade, brand new year. We're starting brand new. To go forward, we need faith. Not in man but in God. And my faith needs to increase as much as everybody in this room. Your faith needs to increase to go forward. So as we look at this, <coughs> excuse me, how we live and how we serve and what we believe. You know what? I had somebody say to me, what is your doctrine book? What's your book of doctrines? You want me to tell you what my book of doctrines is? 
right here. You, you say, well, what do you believe? Right here. Well, where, where's your proof? Right here. You know, I, I don't believe what you say. What do you, what do you believe as a Christian? Right here. I, look, uh, this is my standard. This is my book. If you want to know what I believe, just pick it up and read, and you'll find out what I believe. I mean, as a Christian, that's what we believe. Why? Because of faith. Faith in something. Faith in God. But I encourage you, you say, well, I don't know. I don't know that I'm there. I don't know that I've put my faith in Christ. Then you need to take your faith and put it in Christ. He is the answer. He is the life. He is the way. And he is the truth. The Bible says the, that the truth shall make you free. Do you know what that truth is? There's only one truth. Jesus saith unto them, he said, I'm the way, the, the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. And you want to know how to be free? You know how to live? And he said, Jesus said, I come to give you life and that you might have it more abundantly. How can I have life? How can I be free? Is the truth putting my faith in Christ. You put your faith in man, they're going to fail you. Look, you put your faith in this preacher, I'm, I'm going to fail you. You say, you're going to fail me? Yep, I'm going to fail you because I'm a man. You put your faith in any other person, they're going to fail you. They're not always going to do right. But God, he'll never fail you. He'll never do wrong. <coughs> how we live and how we serve and what we believe in, how we give. Why do you give? How can we, how we get to heaven? It's faith. You say, well, how, how can you get to heaven? There's only, look, make this, to be, make this to be known and true. There's only one way to heaven. And it doesn't matter what church you go to, and it doesn't matter where you belong to, there's only one way to heaven. And I'm going to tell you this, not all the, look, I want you to understand this too, just because people go to church and they, and they attend regularly and uh, they're going to believe like they want to believe and they're going to believe like they want to believe and we'll just meet up together in the sky. That's not how it's going to work. There's only one way to heaven. And I'm going to tell you this as well. I don't have the corner on the market. I'm not the only one that knows the way. This Bible says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the, the way, the way. Not one of the ways, not many of the ways, but the way. The Bible says broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the way. There's only one way to heaven. And I'm going to tell you, and it's not through a Baptist church. And it's not through the baptismal waters. And it's not through communion. And it's not through an individual. It's your faith in Christ is your way to heaven. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough to go to heaven. You say, well, I, well, I think that I'm a pretty good person. You might be a pretty good person, but at the end of the day, you're still a sinner. And at the end of the day, I'm still a sinner. And the best that I have is I'm still a sinner. Faith in Christ for salvation. Faith in Christ the way we live. Faith in Christ so that we can serve. Faith in Christ so that we can give. Faith in what we believe. <coughs> now, we're going to move on. 
That was introduction. Now you guys ready for the sermon? You have to have faith to do this next part. You have to have faith to look. Look in verse, look in verse number one. Number one in the sermon, before we can look. In verse number one, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are also comest about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse number two starts off with what? Looking. How are you to look? Before you can look, look. Before you can look, you have to take steps to be able to look. You say, look, verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We like that verse. Because he is the author. He is the finisher of my faith. But look to him. How can I look to him? I'm going to tell you verse number one of chapter 11, faith. You're not going to look to him for the answer. You're not going to go to him for your problems. You're not going to go to him when, 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 things are, when things are terrible, when you've gone through a trial, when you've gone through something. I don't even know what to do. You're not going to go to him without faith. Faith is what causes us to look. <coughs> In the Old Testament, Moses was able to help the people of God by putting, uh, putting a, a rod in the sky, and they were to look and live, but they had to believe and live. Look, for us to live, for us to have that life more abundant, we have to look to the Savior, look unto Jesus, but you have to have how can I look? Faith. Number two, how can I look? We have to shed some weight. You're going to have to go on a diet. <clears throat> it's 2020. It's time for a diet, right? Every gym membership, every gym will be full January this week and this week and next week and maybe in a couple weeks. But February and March roll around, everyone, they will stop going to the gym and it will wear off, right? But this is a brand new year. You need to shed some weight. You say, are you calling me fat? If, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <clears throat> I was getting ready to say if the boot fits, but no, I'll just, I'll, all right, go to the thing. Bible says in verse number two, one, he said, let us lay aside every weight. Do you know what that means? There's things in our life that weigh us down. What keeps you from coming to church? That's a weight. What keeps you from serving God? That's a weight. What keeps you from reading your Bible? That's a weight. What keeps you from praying? That's a weight. What keeps you from witnessing? That's a weight. The, there are things that are in our way that are not necessarily wrong, that are not sin, that are not necessarily wrong, but they're in our way and they cause us not to live for God. That is a weight. And the Bible says we need to lay aside every weight. If you've ever ran track, a lot of times people will put weights on their ankles and run for track. And after they, they practice with weights on and they run with weights on 
And guess when, when it's time for the race, guess what they do? They take them off so they will be faster. What is holding you back? What weight are you holding on to that you won't release? What is it? Only you know. I, I think there's, there's weights that get in our way from serving God, but there's another weight. It's called a burden. What do you mean burden? Something that you carry around all the time worrying about something. Something that you carry around all the time that you're, I just don't know how we're going to get through that. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen. That's a weight. It'll slow down anybody. Always worried about something. That's a weight. You got to shed it. Why? So that you can look. You say, what does this have to do? Look in verse number, verse number one, he says we need to shed some weight. Then he also says we need to <coughs> lay aside every weight and the what? Sin. You mean, preacher, I need to get rid of some sin in my life? Yep, that's right. Not only do you need to get rid of some weight, but you need to get rid of some sin. If you know there's something that you do and it's outright sin, you need to stop. Stop doing wrong on purpose. There are many times in our life we will do wrong and don't even know that we've done wrong. But there are times in our life when we do wrong and we know that we've done wrong. And we like, ha did you see what I just did? That's the sin we need to get rid of. Because that sin stops you from being able to look to the Savior. Because it weighs you down. It stops you. So not only do we see the weight and the sin, but look at this. And let us, what happens? Run. So not only does the Lord tell you you need to lose some weight, you need to lay aside your sin, but then you've got to run. I don't know about running. Who wants to join me? You guys want to run? Tonight at 9 o'clock, we're running at the track if anybody wants to come meet us. <clears throat> Nobody's volunteering to come run with me. But the Bible says that we need to run. Do you know what that is? Running to serve God and live our lives for God. That's what he's telling us to do. So we have to shed the weight. We have to get rid of the sin so that we can run the race that is set before us. Do you know what 2020 is? Is a race. I'm going to tell you this. It's not a minute race. It's not a 200-meter race. It's not a 100-meter race. It's a long time. It's 366 days. It's thousands of hours. It's time. It's a lot of time. And for you to make it from January to December living for God, you have to understand it is not a quick race. It is a long race. And you must set the pace and live for God. Don't try to overdo it. Don't try to go so fast by the end of the race you're, you're wasted and you, and you don't know what you're going to do and you don't know how you're going to make it to the finish line. You have to set a pace and go. I remember when I was in high school or in junior high, I ran track and I ran the two-mile. Why in the world I would want to run the two-mile race? But I ran the two-mile and I remember our coach teaching us that you need to save a little bit in the gas tank so that when you get to the last lap, you can push it as fast 
and as hard as you've got. Look, my life is a race, and I need to, I need to give it all that I have, but I need to be able to make it to next month, and I need to be able to make it to the end of the year. Well, I'm just going to give it all and have no gas left at the end of the tank. You have to say, hey, work, push, but pace yourself. Don't overload yourself. Don't overload yourself. <coughs> All right, number one, how can we look? You have to shed some weight. You have to shed your sin. You're going to have to run. Number three. Number two. Sorry. Now we need to look to the Savior. Verse number two, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our What are you looking at? What's your goal? Where are you headed? What's your goal? What are your goals for 2020? What are your goals spiritually for 2020? What are they? I don't know what they are. Maybe it's some of these. But you can't look to the Savior without doing those things. I'm going to give you this, and I'm going, to, I'm going to be done. What are you looking at? We need to look to Christ for our purpose. Why are we here? Why are we, Christian? Why are we here on this earth? Why are we here? Are we just here to make a little bit of money, buy a house, Get married, be happy, have some kids. Maybe have some grandkids later on down the road. Years and years and years and years and years from now. And years and years and years from now. My daughter can't even get married. But is that my purpose? You know what? I love being married. I love my girls. But that's not why I'm here. You're not here for that? I love my mom and I love my dad and love my grandparents. But that's not why I'm here. My purpose is to run the race that God has set before me. And look, God gave me children, so guess what my purpose is? My children. And God gave me a spouse, so guess what my purpose is? A spouse. But God gave me a Christian life to live that is my purpose to live the Christian life that's my purpose and every what what comes what comes with that preacher every, everything what all what all does that encompass it, it encompasses a lot of things but the reason I come to church and the reason I do that is not to get a pat on the back. The reason I preach, it ain't for you, for God. That I might live my life, not for you, but for God. That I want to please him. Because looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, look, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And he conquered death, he conquered hell, 
and is sitting on the right hand of Father. For who? For you. For me. That's why he did what he did. May we live our life for him. <coughs> when we look to the Father, look to Jesus, he gives us a purpose. He helps us be persistent. And then we also have a prize, and I'm done. We have a prize. I don't know about you, but when, when I ran track or when I played basketball in high school, do you know what I wanted to win? A prize. I remember my senior year in high school, we played basketball. And uh, I, was, I, I remember being on a state championship winning, winning team. We won the state championship that year. But do you know why we started that year off? Do you know why we played the games? So that we'd win the prize. That was my prize, right? That's why I won. That's why I played. Who wants to play just to play? Oh, we keep score. I want to know who wins. I want to know who loses. Look, when, when, when we play sports or we play something at the house, you know what? My girls don't always win the game because they got to lose, all right? It's okay for them to lose. So I make them lose every once in a while. You say, you're mean. No, they need to understand that sometimes you lose and you've got to work for something, and we need a prize. I'm going to tell you, Christian, we have a prize. Philippians 3.14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Look, I live my life. This is 2020, a brand new year. May I live this year for him and win the prize and win the prize what's the prize Jesus Christ that I might win him I don't know about you but I have a prize to shoot for and I need to shoot for let's pray Lord I love you I thank you for what you've done 